it divided that high school. It divided that town. It continues to divide people. Dividing the community, yeah. These things trickled out a little, but it years, and we're still divided. I mean, I have an opinion. You have an opinion. Right. The cameraman has an opinion. The weatherman has an opinion. We don't know what's right. We don't know what's right because some of the facts are not as solid as they need to be. I'm CBS 46 anchor Karen Greer, and you're listening to CSI Atlanta, the podcast. Each episode, I'll take you on a deep dive into some of Georgia's most fascinating cases. I'm working alongside CBS 46 crime scene investigator Cheryl Mack McCollum and her team at the Cold Case Investigative Research Institute. You've probably seen the picture online. 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson balanced on one knee in his school gym. The word Vikings stands out across the chest of his white and maroon uniform. His left hand is placed on a basketball. His long hair is effortlessly tossed. His mouth giving the smallest hint of a smile. Although he has a reputation as a quiet kid, you can see his confidence when he's in his element, on the court or on the field. Sweet kid, good kid. Tremendous athlete. He was a three-sport athlete. Um, kind of quiet, actually. You know, a lot of times athletes are center of attention, life of the party, but he wasn't. He was a quiet, sweet, nice kid. Um, in January the 11th, 2013, everything in his family's life changed. On January 10th, Kendrick told his mom he was going to a basketball game after school. He was supposed to be home by 10, but never made it. By midnight, his mom is frantic and reports him missing to the sheriff. The following morning, the 11th, she goes up to the school to let them know, look, he never made it home. We don't know where he is. Complete panic. The school... They're like, wait a minute, we'll help you. Let's make some flyers. Let's, you know, kind of get the word out to some of his friends. The morning of January 11th, Kendrick's mother, Jackie, met with staff at Lowndes County High School to find her missing son. Kendrick hadn't shown up for his weightlifting class or any other afternoon classes the day before. So where could he have gone? They were about to find out. There's a class in the gym. Some girls are filling out some survey or something, and they see two socks sticking out from a mat. Well, they think it's some kind of prank. Like, how in the world are they getting those socks to stick up like that? So one of the students, a young man, climbs up there to see what in the world it is, and it's Kendrick Johnson, upside down, inside of a wrestling mat. And he tries to pull him out, he can't. They run go get a teacher. The teacher says to one of the students, call 911. She does so on her cell phone. And then there's complete panic because they push the mat over and then they see this just horrible, horrible, frightening, sad scene where 
He's been bleeding. He, you know, got sick. And so all of that is there. And they make the decision to wait on, you know, first responders because they don't think there's anything they can do to save him. The scene was horrific. Kendrick had been upside down for nearly 24 hours. Photos of the scene show Kendrick's shoes were off his feet and wedged behind his knees. Another pair of shoes was on the ground below. One of his arms was at his side. There was blood on the floor beneath him, but investigators didn't find blood anywhere else in the gym. One of two things now has to be true. Somebody put him in that mat, or he went in voluntarily and lost his grip. Those are your options, that's it. Ain't nobody levitating, so that's all you got. So if it was not an accident, what's your motive? And who's your person? When you first are just riding down the road and the news breaks out of Valdosta, of all places, title town, come on now, and you think, here's this tremendous athlete, nobody's gonna dive head first into a wrestling mat is what you think. And then you think, well, if he didn't dive head first in it, how the heck could somebody get him in there? Because just to put your arms out, I mean, you would have to fight to get somebody in an opening that small. So to me, to get somebody of his clearly athletic ability into an opening that small, he couldn't have been conscious when they did it. So now your mind just starts racing like they've got to give us more information about what happened. And more information was coming and then more information, and then more information. And Karen, you and I have talked about it. The more they tell us, sometimes the more confusing that it is. You have a child upside down in a wrestling mat that's six feet tall, vertical. <laughs> I mean, it, the, the opening, the hole in the center is small. I mean, it's maybe 14 inches. Like, nothing about that. When I first heard it, made any sense to me. But it made sense to a lot of students. There was a young man that told law enforcement that he and Kendrick shared a pair of Adidas. So they would drop the shoes down into the mat so that you know other people couldn't get them. Then when they were coming in for PE, they would go in and get the shoes out and wear them. When they were done, they would toss them right back into the center mat. So it leads you to believe that Kendrick was 5'10", this mat is six feet, that he would have gone into the center, arm stretched out to reach the shoe, and hold himself on the outside of the mat. Once he retrieved the shoe, simply pull himself up. This became the wildly accepted explanation for Kendrick's death. GBI says it was accidental, positional asphyxia. So the way he was in that mat, if he did lose his grip and slipped further down, he just could not breathe. And, you know, you're only out of breath for about four minutes. That's not long, and it's over. So he wouldn't have been able to really scream, and if he did, it was muffled. And let me back up. Okay. There was videotape from the gym. There is videotape. But here's the thing about the videotape. The videotape shows Kendrick walking in, 
Nobody's following him. Nobody's chasing him. He doesn't look upset. He doesn't look frazzled. And nobody enters that gym for at least three minutes. Now, you and I have already talked about that. By the time somebody else walked in that gym, if he went to those shoes immediately, voluntarily, and entered that mat, he's almost dead already. Horrifying. But that is just a fact, if that's what happened. There's a problem with the video because the parents say there's part of a video missing, that it skips. So again, we need experts to clear that up. We need people to explain that in a way the parents can accept it, the general public can accept it, and we move forward. And I heard a couple of explanations. It was one of those that if there's no motion, right, it stops. I heard that. I heard that there were different cameras that were connected to it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, the video. it's not like the camera was just on that corner. It was into the gym, right. so you kind of see him walking in, and that's all you see. This explanation that Kendrick accidentally trapped himself in a rolled-up wrestling mat didn't sit well with his parents. So accidental death. Yes. So what comes back. Right. Parents not... They can't. They cannot accept that because there's just too much. They know that there was an issue with the person. They know that it got to the point there was a fight. Um, they just don't believe that their child walked into this gym, crawled into a mat off the ground, and died. So they got a private autopsy. All right, so they do the second autopsy with their private person. What do they find? Blunt force trauma. Two totally different autopsies. Now the world stops for his mama. Wow. Because if it's blunt force trauma, somebody beat him and then put him in that mat. The conclusion reached in the autopsy wasn't the only shocking thing about it. This is when people lost their minds. His organs were missing. And not only were his organs missing, his body was stuffed with newspaper. Over the course of several weeks, the state investigated the Georgia Bureau of Investigations claimed Kendrick's organs were placed back inside his body before it was sent to the funeral home. But the funeral home told Kendrick's family his organs were never received and that they were, quote, destroyed through natural process and discarded by a prosecutor. By then, the truth didn't matter. The damage was already done for Kendrick's family. They didn't trust anything they were told. His parents are like, we told you. We told you this was not an accident. We told you there was something bad. So then the Department of Justice says, you know what, we're going to look at it. So now the FBI is involved, right? The U.S. Attorney for the Middle District is involved. They come back several years later and say, yeah, no arrest. We're not going to arrest anybody.
So it's like every time the family believes they're making some strides to get justice for this child that they believe was murdered, they're set back. Every time. So then they said, you know what? We've gone to law enforcement. We've gone to the sheriff. We've gone to the GBI. We've gone to the Department of Justice and the FBI. So now the family decides, you know, we might have to do things civilly to get the attention. So they tried that as well. That was called off. They changed their mind. They didn't do it. Then they decided a third autopsy. Third autopsy comes back. So they exhume his body again. again. Blunt force trauma, non-accidental. Interesting. Really interesting. So now it's not an accident. He didn't just hit his head or something. It's been just over seven years since Kendrick was found in that mat. That's seven years for his mother to miss him. That's seven years of a bright future taken away. And it's seven years of turmoil for an entire community. Because for seven years, people have been divided over what they believe really happened to Kendrick Johnson. Next time on CSI Atlanta. You're talking about a one-inch injury on the right side of his neck? How many people have ever died from that? But again, you're either giving this mom a false hope or you're leading her down a path that's not accurate or fair. Because here's the reality. Whatever happened to Kendrick, she should not have to wonder. Until then, subscribe to CSI Atlanta, the podcast. And check out full stories on CBS46.com. CSI Atlanta is brought to you by CBS46, WGCL in Atlanta, Georgia. The podcast is hosted by me, Karen Greer, and CBS46 crime scene investigator, Cheryl Mack McCollum. This episode was produced by Natasha Lee and Rhiannon Youngbauer and engineered by Eric Sander. Sound design by Ray Merriman. <laughs>